Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie Tuesday morning, the 12th of October. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. The big set piece in the political calendar begins at 1 o'clock today when the Minister for Finance will announce Budget 22 and the Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform will announce the government's plans on spending for next year. Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath will announce an overall package of €4.7 billion. €3.2 billion of this is already committed to pay and spending increases. The remaining one and a half billion will be split two to one. One billion for new spending and 500 million for tax measures. All welfare payments are to increase by five euro. Pensioners will receive an extra five euro a week. There will also be a five euro increase in the fuel allowance. That takes effect from midnight tonight and an increase of three euro is also expected to the living alone allowance, giving thousands of pensioners a combined increase of 13 euro the Christmas bonus is also to be paid in full good as all of that might sound nobody is going to be laughing all the way to the bank if the price of energy increases on average by 500 euro next year that will mean that the cost of oil gas and electricity will increase by 10 euro a week. It's estimated that energy prices will increase by between 400 and 800 euro next year. Cold comfort to anyone whose payment increases by just 5 euro. Carbon taxes to rise by 7.50 a tonne putting 1 euro 28 on a tank of petrol. 1.48 for a full fill of diesel. Tank of home heating oil will go up by 19.40. Natural gas will increase on average by 16.95. A bag of Coal will increase by 89 cent, a bale of briquettes by 20 cent, and that won't kick in until May, though it has to be said. Workers earning €40,000 a year will pay €435 less in tax a year through changes to tax credits and bans. People working from home may also be able to claim the cost of utilities against the tax that they pay. At present, employers can give 320 a day tax-free to their employers. A childcare package of about €100 million Euro is also also expected. Fees are to be frozen for many parents and access to subsidies for working families and unemployed people will be broadened. Increasing income limits 
to access the National Child Care Scheme is possible. Direct investment in childcare they hope will improve staff pay in return for a commitment from providers not to increase fees. An extra two weeks of parents' leave is set to be introduced from next August. 1,000 special needs assistants and more than 400 special education teachers and an expansion of the DESH scheme is expected while an increase in the SUSE student grant is also on the cards. The back-to-school allowance will increase by €10. €200 will be ring-fenced to tackle medical waiting lists. Free GP care for children up to the age of seven will be available next year. €200 is being set aside for retrofitting 20,000 homes. A packet of 20 cigarettes is to go up 50 cent. Alcohol probably won't increase in price. A €100 recovery package for the tourism sector is planned. Spending and housing is set to rise by €4 billion. Seven new hundred Gardaí will be recruited and an extension to the employment wage subsidy scheme is expected to be announced today. With this, I command this budget to the House. And that's how Pascal Dunhu will sound when the Minister allegedly, allegedly announces the budget at lunchtime today. Father Sean Healy, Director of Social Justice Ireland, is on the line. A very good morning to you, Sean, and thanks uh, for joining us as always. What's the, what's the point in all of these leaks ahead of the budget actually being announced? I suspect it's trying to uh, not alone uh, let people know what's in the budget, but trying to control the response to it as well, because uh, what we are getting from an enormous amount of the coverage is the the details about that you've just read out, which seems to be most of the budget. There's probably one or two small surprises that they've held back just so that there's something new in the budget to report. But they're also trying to control the response to it, because they're trying to say, oh, well, this is a good budget, and people are all going to be better off, and so on and so on and so on. And that's what's being reported. In actual fact, that completely uh, misreads the reality. The the fact is uh, that, for example, just take a simple example, I I can give you many of them, but just Mm. take one. Uh, The the lowest, uh, the core social welfare rates have not increased for two years. Uh, The cost of living has gone up over the last uh, few years by about 4.5%. It's going to go up another 3% in 2022. So just to hold where we are uh, would need to be uh, so that people would get back what they had mm-hmm. already lost in the, in the power of purchasing that the money they had used to have. Uh, they'd need at least €10 Euro a week to increase in the welfare rate. Um, now, that's, that's not being delivered, apparently, so uh, that's a bad situation. I would consider that to basically be a government betraying the poorest and the most vulnerable people in our society. And that's before we get to the increase in energy prices. And that's before we get to the energy prices increase. Now, if, if there's a story like that, what they're trying to spin is to say, well, we're dealing with energy uh, price rises by giving the increasing the fuel uh, allowance. A large number of people don't get the fuel no. allowance. They're trying to say with pensioners, they'll get a, a fiver, but that they'll, uh, the living alone allowance will go up by a fiver. But it's like a, a large number of people don't live alone, so therefore they're, they, they don't benefit from that. A large number of pensioners, but a large number of households, not just pensioner households, don't have access to the fuel allowance. What we have is a situation where uh, the, the decisions being made are not really uh, in any way 
protecting the poorest and the most vulnerable. I'll give you another example. Mm. Um, they're, they're talking about increasing the living wage by 30 cent uh, an hour, but the actual, or sorry, the, the, that's the, minimum, the minimum wage. wage yeah. The minimum mm-hmm. wage. They're going to raise yeah. the minimum wage mm-hmm. by 30 cent an hour in a year in which the living wage went up by 60 cent an hour. So the gap between the minimum wage and the living wage is going to broaden. A third item, and just, this is just mm-hmm. in, in the sense of what we know already. They're basically giving away about 500 million in tax breaks, but the lowest paid aren't going to benefit from that at all. Mm. Uh, but, you, but millionaires will benefit from it. So they, that from, the ta- from what they're talking about uh, uh, changing the, ba- the bands and the rates, the result, of course, is that uh, you have a situation where, um, they, 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 again, the choices are not taking into account the situation of the poorest people. For example, it's very simple in the tax system. If you have 500 million uh, to give away, give half of it to uh, ensuring that the full value of, the, of tax credits goes mm. to everybody, even if they have low incomes. Um, and th- that's the situation. It could be done. Uh, it's, may, it's called Technically, it's called making tax credits refundable. The only people that would benefit from that change would be the lowest uh, earners, if you like. But remember, uh, a very high proportion of Irish people um, have incomes uh, below 30,000 a year. And they're going to be facing increased energy prices of between four and eight hundred euro this exactly. year, uh, and uh, those over forty thousand uh, won't be too worried about that because uh, they'll be saving uh, four hundred and thirty-five euro uh, in what would or otherwise be paid through taxes. Uh, whether you're earning forty thousand or or, or four hundred thousand, you'll be up that four hundred and thirty-five euro. But you're, 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 there's no difference uh, to your pay to your uh, there's no reduction to your taxes if you're on thirty thousand. Uh, but you will be facing these extra bills. Precisely. And that, I think, in, in a way, illustrates some of the hypocrisy at the core of this budget. And in fact, in what government, uh, the government is actually doing. Let, take, a, take a very simple thing. Uh, the, the whole, the basic agreement in bringing in the carbon tax was that all of the money would go to uh, compensating people for the costs that would, they would incur because of the carbon tax. But that's not actually happening. Uh, where's the, where's the, 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 the support for people on welfare? Like most people, it's, 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 they're operating as if uh, people on welfare don't have transport costs, for example, don't ever mm. have to take a bus. Bus fares are going to go up. Mm. Uh, public transport costs are going to go up. Why? Because, the, because of the carbon. The, the energy costs are going up. Fuel mm. costs are going to go higher. And then you, you, you have people have to, uh, particularly in rural Ireland, uh, don't have a choice. Mm. But they must have uh, a car transport because there is no public transport Well, provided. the price of everything is going to go up. Your shopping is going to go up because of the cost of heat and uh, diesel and all that sort of stuff goes up well then of course it's going to be more expensive for supermarkets and shops to run so they're going to have to charge more aren't they? Precisely, and that's the point, I suppose, that we're constantly making, that at the core of the budget, there should be a kind of a principle guiding decisions uh, that would leave nobody behind, but that is actually not being put into place. And like the, go- the government saying, oh, it's doing this and it's doing that, and it's doing the best it can. This is a government that went to war uh, in the last number of months to protect uh, the, the, the tax, uh, that the, the low tax levels being paid by co- the corporate tax uh, process, mm. of the ta- corporate cor- 
corporate corporations. And what we have in, in a situation is where they have absolutely guaranteed that there won't be any uh, increase for years in the level of corporate corporation tax once the uh, minimum effective corporate tax of 15% kicks in. Uh, there's no such guarantee for Ireland's poorest weakest, most vulnerable people. It seems to me that you have a government that is very focused on protecting transnationals and corporations, the large ones in particular, mm. but that basically are not focused on protecting the poorest, uh, the most vulnerable, uh, the, 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 those who are depending uh, on the state uh, through no fault of their own. Okay, the biggest challenge for vulnerable people or to those in government in terms of protecting them is energy prices. I take it over the course of the next year and there's two strands to that, uh, the increase in the cost of energy and then the carbon tax that's going to be applied on top of that. The government can't do anything about the first part uh, but it will be setting the second part. Now you're a big fan of carbon tax so what's the alternative uh, to these increases that we're talking about? Use the money to ensure that uh, the lowest paid in, in, in jobs plus the, and, and low, I'm, I'm talking about low paid I'm talking about low to middle incomes uh, I'm not talking about millionaires but I'm talking about low, low to middle income people uh, which is the vast majority and on the other side people who are depending on uh, welfare payments and pensioners make sure that the increases that they receive are of the scale sufficient to counteract the increase in carbon tax. Mm. That is not actually going to happen. Well, it might happen. These decisions. It, it, it probably will happen for quite a, a large cohort. Uh, somebody uh, who's receiving the pension, the fuel allowance, and the living alone allowance. Uh, if the leaks are correct, they're going to get thirteen euro. That's true, but that's a relatively mm. small number of mm. people. Yeah. Like you, when you, there's a three things there. Like a large number of pensioners are done, are not eligible for the fuel allowance. A lot, a large number of pensioners don't live alone. In fact, the majority of pensioners don't live alone. So that means the majority don't benefit from that increase and they don't benefit from, uh, many of them don't benefit from the, the, the fuel allowance either. So while, while government is very good at presenting this kind of stuff, they, they went to war to, to have the two words at least uh, eliminated from in front of 15% uh, to, to, to protect, to champion and protect and, and argue for uh, transnationals in global arenas. Uh, they, and that's what they have been doing. And these are this, like this. It's the same minister for finance we're talking about. He did this, uh, and that's what he spent a lot of his, uh, the last few months doing. I think, with due respects to him, uh, he should pay serious attention to Ireland's poorest and most vulnerable, and not just rhetorically claim that he's doing that or put a, a huge amount of rhetoric and nice speeches into place, but actually show the colour of his money, put the money where it ought to be to ensure that nobody is left behind. Okay, so what's going to be the upshot of this budget if the leaks are correct and if we're looking at €5 euro increases for social welfare recipients who need at least €10 euro extra a week uh, in order to pay their energy bills? Simple answer, the levels of poverty will rise. We already have 630,000 people in poverty of whom about 20% more are, are children. Uh, we're going to see those numbers rise. They, we won't see them immediately because they don't count them. We won't have the count until the, uh, for, the, for this coming year until the end of next year. Uh, but what you'll see, and I predict this, and I'm quite happy to come back on, on the programme mm. and, and discuss it, particularly if I'm wrong. I'd, I'd be the first person to admit it, but I, I will predict that that's what's going to happen, and I'll tell you why. 
there's ample research out there, plenty of research done by various groups, including ourselves in Social Justice Ireland, to show that it is the welfare payment is the key initiative that reduces poverty. The, the Ireland, Ireland would have a, a, a poverty rate close to 40% if it weren't for the fact that welfare rates kick in. It's the welfare rate that brings it down to 12.5% of the population. We're still with 630,000 in poverty. That number is going to go up when the the impacts of budget 2022 kick in. Okay, what will it mean for the low paid? It'll also mean that they will be part, there are already 100,000 people in low paid jobs who are in poverty. And what we're going to see is not those plus the people who are just above poverty, their standard of living is going to go down. So what we're doing is we're presiding, we see a government presiding over a society in which the decisions the government is making are why those decisions are widening the gap between the poorest and the rest of society. And when I talk about poorest, I'm, talk, I'm talking about l- uh, people on low incomes, low paid jobs as well. And what about people on middle incomes or high incomes? How will this budget impact them? People are going to uh, have the have the the well, they, they they they're they're going to have their. Uh, rising costs dealt with for the most part because they're, they're, many of them public workers the public sector workers in particular will see a pay increase as well as the budget changes and then what we're going to see at the top end is in actual fact uh, quite substantial benefits for the for the best off in society and with all due respects this is what government usually does and I am very disappointed with this government that it hasn't recognised that the vast majority of Irish people do not want to live in a deeply divided two-tier society. They want to see uh, the... the, they did that, uh, that division reduced. Two-tier, deeply divided two-tier societies are bad for business. They're bad for society. They're bad for the people who live in them. We should be uh, going to uh, working on reducing those divisions, not increasing them. Budget 2022 is going to widen those gaps, increase those divisions. And just to conclude, and briefly, if you would, is there something that hasn't been leaked yet that you're hoping to hear from the ministers today? I have no great hope, really. Uh, I mean, the, the thing that would really uh, make, uh, make my day is if they raise the lowest welfare rate to ten, by 10 euro a week. That's the core welfare rates by 10 euro a week. It would make up, at least in part, uh, for the failure to do so in the last two budgets. So we have three budgets in a row in which the poor, again, are being victimised. Uh, gaps between them and the rest of society are allowed to widen. Uh, bigger focus on the better off, particularly in the corporate sector. Okay, Sean, we leave there. Thank you very much, as always, for joining Thanks us on the program today. Thanks That's Father Sean Healy, the Director of Social Justice Ireland. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Now, residents in a housing estate in Drogheda are living in inhumane living conditions as a result of damp and mould in their houses, according to Sinn Féin Councillor Joanna Byrne, who's on the line with us. A very good morning to you, Joanna. Thanks indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. This is in Boyce Court. Uh, This is a relatively new development, isn't it? Good morning, Mike, and good morning to all your listeners. Yes, um, this estate was opened just over nine years ago, um, the end of 2012, beginning of 2013. And as far as I'm aware, the historic issues of damp um, in this estate dates back to within the first few weeks of residents moving into these houses. There was reports at the time of buckling wooden floors, high levels of condensation, chronic dampness so bad um, it was soaking bedclothes. 
Um, and obviously that all leads to toxic mould and issues with damp, but it's as prevalent now as it was back in 2013 when these issues were first first reported. So I suppose from my perspective, um, I am dealing with many cases of mm. residents in that estate. I'm, I'm working with the council to find resolutions on them. But my concern is that it's not isolated to a few incidents. It right. seems to be widespread throughout every part of the estate, um, to right. my knowledge. And what's and at the root of it, do you know? Um, it was cited at the time. It was initially cited by the then Director of Services, um, Mary T. Daly, as ventilation issues. Um, now, I'm, I'm aware of several houses that have been dehumidified, machinery brought in, treated, um, and the following year it, it's re reoccurring, you know, so it's an ongoing thing. And this this is the concern. Um, I raised this at the municipal meeting last week in advance of the next phase of the development, which is imminent at the moment. Um, I suppose, um, I, think, I think it needs to be prudent of the council to undertake any relevant site surveys uh, or anything that they deem necessary to ensure that this nightmare isn't repeated in the next phase. Rule out contamination of the land, mm. um, you know, anything else that may be leading. I, I, I'm no builder. I don't know what the problem is. Um, it, it's, it's a serious problem. What, 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 it's a huge problem. Yeah, it is, well, I suppose yeah, you, you know what the problem is. You don't know what the cause of the problem is, but it's a serious problem if you're living with mould uh, and it can have severe health consequences. Very unusual in new houses. The houses that, are, that are, are less than 10 years old like this. Yeah, and these are high-spec houses. Hmm. Um, oh, were, all these houses have solar panels on the roofs. They yeah. were uh, the investment in them was second to none. And, and they were open to much fanfare, of course, uh, because of yeah, the housing absolutely. crisis, and this was, was part was of the solution. At the yeah. time, mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. uh, the bee's knees. And unfortunately for many residents in there, it has been a living nightmare. And, and, you know, a lot of them, it's, it's a council estate. A lot of these are families, um, young children. And I have to admire um, any mother who's living through these conditions and trying to pacify their children. Um, I'm aware of uh, families that have had to keep their clothes in plastic bags. They can't even keep them in wardrobe. It's no way to be living mm. and it's not fair on children um, you know, who, who deem this as normal behaviour, norm, normal living conditions. Cause More like what you'd expect in a house that was 100 years old absolutely, rather than one that's absolutely. 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. And it's, mm. it's took all the goodness out of people who perhaps spent years in the housing list to get their forever home and now they've gone from one problem of not having a home to a problem of having a home. That That is... So so you're asking the councillor they're going to build 72 similar houses uh, because that's yeah. uh, what's due in the well, next phase. Yeah. Um, mm. Now don't get me wrong, I'm all for sustainable housing development and in fact I'm usually screaming for it and Vice Court is, is one development I have been pushing since I got onto the council because it was ready made um, the next phases were planned and have been planned as far back as the first phase going in. It had the facilities, it had the playground, it has the school you know, the supermarkets beside it, it's in walking distance of the town. It was ideally located to be for this development to be finished. Mm. I'm delighted to finally see them coming on board and the part eight has gone out um, over the last month or two for that. Um, I just err in caution and as I said earlier, it has to be prudent of the council to undertake whatever's necessary mm. um, to ensure that this development goes ahead without any of these issues and, and this this living nightmare is not replicated for any new tenants. Right. Well, now at this stage are spending 10, 11 and 12 years in the housing list before they get their homes. Yeah, well, there's to be uh, another 72 houses built under the second phase. Uh, the council have said to us uh, in a statement uh, on foot of questions uh, we put to the council following uh, your complaints about all of this, that a Part 8 report in respect of 
an additional 20 units to the total of 72 units planned for Boys Court will come before uh, the council in the coming months and all houses yeah. will be built to the required standards and in accordance with uh, the building regulations. Uh, but how long have they been trying to solve the problem in the 72 houses? Uh, no, there's only just over 40 houses that's there at the moment. Um, oh, right. 48, I think. I think it's 48. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the second the phase is the se- How long have they been trying to solve the problems in the 48 houses? Within a number of weeks, we've been open. It's dating back to 2013. They're the earliest reports I can find right. of complaints of condensation, chronic dampness at that that's stage. That's a long time to solve a, a ventilation problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the point to me raising it, you know, um, mm. you wouldn't be human if you if, if you didn't question how it was and is still so bad at this stage and it, it's only natural that it would lead to fears for the imminent development that's due to come. Okay. Uh, the council have also told us that tenants are not knowingly overcharged. This is in social housing units uh, that they have a team of rent managers and they don't knowingly overcharge tenants uh, and that if such a, a case uh, were to arise for a myriad of reasons, the rent manager would facilitate a rebate as soon as is practical and in full consultation with the tenant. Maybe uh, you'd explain the context of uh, that statement from uh, the council to us. Yeah, um, this is something I raised at our last uh, full county council meeting with the Director of Services for Housing, Paddy Donnelly, and it was on foot of a couple of cases I'm dealing with some dating back longer than a year um, where household circumstances have changed, I suppose, due to adult children moving out, um, which would reflect the rent contribution. But the council have to date not applied the rightful reduction to the rent despite many requests from the residents, the the council tenants themselves and and subsequently me following it up. Now, the response I received initially was, um, you know, that it's in line with the rent scheme and there has to be 20% of a difference before... Um, a review be taking place but you know my point was um, this is a substantial amount of money if it's one adult it could be 20 euros 25 depending on the circumstances if it's two adult children you could be up in 35 40 45 euros um, and mm. you know you're just listening to Social Justice Ireland they're talking about the cost of living increasing energy uh, bills increasing heating bills increasing this is a substantial amount of money for tenants and these are council tenants might I add but it's not that they're knowingly overcharging Uh, they uh, are knowingly because the correspondence to say the circumstances has changed um, has been in and one case in particular uh, that I'm dealing with has been but the rules months. the rules stipulate do they not that the rules need to be changed and this that's, is my point that, the rent scheme yeah. needs to be reflected okay. that, that's a different um, thing than saying that the council is knowingly yeah. overcharging yeah, yeah. That, uh, and, and, and that's what I was asking mm. for at that point um, you know I accept it's in line with the rent scheme but if that's what the rent scheme is inflicting on our council talents who, who may struggle to make, make these payments then we need to change the rent scheme mm. and it's just as simply simple as that it, it's wholly unfair to allow a period of time for in excess of 12 months in some cases. Some other cases may be shorter, I do accept that, but one in particular I'm talking about to continue to charge rent that's not deserved, um, I think think it's exceptionally unfair. And what is being charged? Well, it depends on the circumstances of the rest of the family. You know, rent is means mm. tested under the differential rent but, scheme. But, but so give us some figures. Like, I mean, based on the, the example that you were talking about there, how much are they? One that I'm dealing with, with with two adult children who've mm. moved out, that could be between 40 and 50 euros. Like it's 20 to 25 euros an adult, depending on whether they were working or they weren't and what income they had coming in. So that could be 
20% of a mother's income um, mm. when she's facing other bills to pay coming into the winter, coming up to Christmas. Um, and this has been going on for an extended period of time. It's not just been a number of weeks until a rent review was able to be facilitated. It's been going on for months and it's been left to dwindle. And that, that, I suppose, is where the gap That when the review takes place, that the rent was reduced by 40, 50 euro yes. a, a, oh, a, yes. month, a month, is it? It's 100%. Yeah, but it's, mm. the problem is the length of time it's taken for the next actual rent review to come up and the circumstances the people are left in making these payments they shouldn't be making in the interim. Okay, we leave it there for the moment. Thank you indeed for joining us this morning. That's Sinn Féin Councillor on Loud County Council, Joanna Byrne. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, something to watch out for when uh, the budget is announced uh, this afternoon is a scheme that will make contraception available free of charge to women aged 17 to 25. Let's talk to Fianna Fáil Senator Erin McGreehan, who's on the line. A very good morning to you, Senator, and thanks uh, for joining us. Is uh, this something that you'd be expecting today? Um, I'm hoping first. There, um, there's there's a huge budget on, on its way and this is one of the, the key issues that um, us on the Fianna Fáil Parliamentary Party and um, our Minister Stephen Donnelly has been pushing for. It is a, is a really important issue for many, many reasons and um, you know we can say that you know Minister Donnelly has been very focused on women's health since he entered office and this is just another another part of that, that uh, programme that he has in, in store for women's health. Okay, it'll cost around ten million euro, I think. Yeah, I believe so. That that, that is the the estimate so far. Yes. Okay, uh, and uh, what what is planned uh, uh, to, in terms of spending that ten million euro? Well, so as you said there in the in the in your introduction, mm. it would be for 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 people seventeen um, to twenty five year olds, um, and you know there is an awful lot of um, you know costs and. and Financial stress on 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 that age cohort, and I do think that they should be the first people who get this free contraception care because they should have the the the, the choice on being able to you know choose what contraception that they would, would require and to get the best contraception that that would be would be best suited for them, Michael. Okay, why women and why women aged seventeen up to twenty five? I suppose um, because they're in co- it, a lot of this age cohort are in college or starting at their first job, and financial board there is a financial burden on them, and you know many of um, there is it's really, really important that you know many of those um, who need contraception are denied that adequate choice because they can't afford it, and you know there was research recently um, by the Well Woman Centre and they highlighted that there is a huge um, link between unplanned pregnancies and the cost of contraception. And we have a, you know, to me, for me, we have an unacceptable contradiction at the minute in this country that the the, the cost of a termination of pregnancy is covered by the state, but the cost of contraception and and, and that choice is not covered by the state. So I do think that um, we should, that people who should have their medical, they should have their medical needs adhered to and looked after and I do think it's um, it's a part of you know gender equality. It's also a part of choice, and and and, and have an unnecessary burden on women's f- finances when they can't afford proper contraceptive care. And um, it is it is a huge barrier yeah. for for many young women. 
Okay, well, the costs uh, have been looked at by our working group that was set up by the Department of Health. It's also found, uh, as you say, a, a link between women not being able to afford or not using contraception, at least, and abortion in that 68% of women who accessed abortion services had not been using contraception. Yes, and that, that, that I, was going to, I was going to quote that, that uh, statistic to you, Michael. I have it, I have it um, written down in front of me here. That is startling. Um, and we ha- that, that's not, that's not um, you know, for, for, for any reason, only for financials, I am mm. financial reason. Um, because, it, you know, adequate contraception care is expensive. And we see in the UK that the pill is what would be over the counter now. Um, and, and you'll be able to get that without prescription um, with consultation with your pharmacist. And there's no so, cost uh, in having an abortion, sure there isn't. No, mm. no, there's not. It's taken so, care of by the state. So, I mean, this is so one of the arguments that has been made here in that uh, you'll offset one cost by the other or with the other. Well, absolutely. Mm. And on the, you know, the Joint Committee of State Amendment of the Constitution, um, of the Con- Amendment of the Constitution, it was reported, and this was one of the, 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 the items that the committee called for, and it was the introdu- introduction of a scheme for contraception free of charge and, you know, undiscriminatory and, 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 and open to people who wish to avail of it. Mm. So it has been, it has been, you know, accepted by the Committee on the Eighth Amendment. They have, they, it's, I think it's 70, there was a, a recent, a recent uh, survey done and 78% of, of the people surveyed um, favour the implement, implementation of this, this measure. It's a really important, really important um Policy and it really does. It, it is is about modernising um, our you know the contraception met, met methods that people are able to uh, to gain access to and enable couples and individuals to achieve their their reproductive goals. Mm. Give them the opportunity to exercise that right when when to have a child, when not to have a child, and protect themselves mm. and have that and have that choice. And it is really important, and it shows that you know this government is progressive. And it is working towards, you know, um, a, a, a well, more that's fair... So people may not be planning to have a people may not be planning to have a, a child, but that doesn't mean that they're not having intimate relations. Uh, and I think Absolutely. there's uh, a, a, an expectation uh, that there will be more intimate relationships uh, as society reopens and boys start to meet girls uh, again uh, out in uh, clubs and uh, so forth. Uh, and with that, there will be a, a higher demand. Uh, for contraception, Absolutely. and if that contraception is available, isn't available, there'd be a higher demand for abortion services. Yeah, and, and we know that, Michael, young women who who don't have that, that the finances to fund their own contraception methods have little option but to use methods that are less effective and do leave them exposed to the risk of, you know, of unintended pregnancy. And then, as I said, the state covers termination, mm. but doesn't cover pre- pre- uh, prevention. So um, we have that uh, that contradiction. That, that and to me, that's not acceptable. And is that the argument for uh, giving contraception free of charge to women and not to men? Well, I suppose um, if you're ever on a college campus, Michael, you see that there is an awful lot of um, of, uh, <laughs> of 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 male contraceptions and um, condoms are very very widely available. Um, for free, and they have been for a long, long time. Um, so I think you know this is um, women have the have the right to have their own uh, their own contraception and free of charge. Mm. 
Um, and and, know, they, and they may choose condoms, as I understand it, under this scheme. Uh, it'll be the contraceptive method of their choice. Absolutely. And, mm. you know, women mm. get pregnant, Michael. Uh, men don't get yeah. pregnant. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's mm. contraception for, for you know, for, okay. for, 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 for uh, uh, And uh, there's obvious differences. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, do you expect anything uh, to be announced today in terms of period poverty? It, it is all part of the programme for government. We have a bill passed. It is a commitment. I am hoping that there will be. Um, you know, there's always there's always loads of, you know, talks and and and. and and hopes and and different sort of leaks, Michael. I haven't heard um, a leak on this, and no. we are we are we are pushing for it. I'm I'm hoping a really positive budget um, for childcare, Michael, because I have been pushing really really hard and advocating really really hard for proper childcare for for the protection of our of our workers in our childcare sector, and for indeed for the families who are really struggling to pay those costs. So there, I'm really really positive and hope and hopeful. Today, there is a positive budget for families because there has been an awful lot of um, difficult times for many, many people over the past 18 months. Okay, I'm not sure there'll be many surprises, but we'll leave it there for the moment. We'll hear what the ministers have to say around lunchtime. And thank you indeed uh, for joining us uh, this morning. That's Fianna Fáil Senator Erin McGreen. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, lone parents uh, continue to be under pressure. No doubt lone parents will be watching today's budget with uh, great interest, hoping uh, that some of uh, that pressure uh, will be alleviated uh, and indeed the pressure that is on lone parents appears uh, to have been growing in the last year or so with a 20% rise in client services and a 17% increase in demand for the one family parenting during separation courses. Uh, One Family has uh, published its annual report this week and you may have heard it's saying that we're facing into a tsunami of separations and divorce because of uh, the pressure that there is on parents. Good morning, Karen Kieran, and uh, thank you indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme this morning. That's a a lot of pressure to begin with. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure expected on a lot of people next year and uh, the hope will be that the budget will help to ease some of uh, that pressure. It seems as though there'll be a five euro increase uh, in uh, all welfare payments. What are you expecting other than that? Yeah, the budget seems to have been well leaked at this stage. And I think part of what one family was looking for was a focus on children and for the government to remember the evidence and the research which has shown that children actually are really struggling. And there's very high rates of child poverty, unfortunately, in Ireland. And a lot of those children happen to live in one parent families. Um, and so, you know, even though children can't vote, they still need to be supported. And I suppose we would see them as being very vulnerable. Um, and we know that that's not the kind of Ireland that most of us want to live in, is one where we're leaving children behind um, in high rates of poverty. So we're hoping to see some support again for children whose families rely on social welfare today. Um, and I think the kind of things that have been leaked in terms of uh, fuel allowance, support mm. for childcare, those things are really welcome for families who are struggling. Um, and the, because of inflation and because basic social welfare payments haven't been up in many years, that's probably going to be welcomed by many people. But I suppose we also want some targeted support for the, 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 the children and the 
parents who need it the very most. Okay, and uh, a lot of uh, the increases uh, that people will hope to enjoy will be offset by the increases in energy prices uh, because we're looking at uh, an additional 400 to 800 euro in terms of meeting uh, those increases over the course of the next year. Yeah, and this is something that organisations in our sector, including ourselves and the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, have been raising with the Department of Social Protection for quite a while because they could see the difficulties people were having um, in paying for their fuel. Um, so we know many parents who really struggle. They, you know, a lot of um, people who are parenting on their own or sharing parenting um, are on low incomes. And what they're trying to do is make sure, first of all, they have a roof over their family's heads. And then they're looking at um, making sure their bills are paid mm. and then other things, including food um, and activities and travel, all those things are luxuries coming at the end. So for many families, they're living in a different kind of world than those of us who have a good income are used to. And it's really, fuel is one of those things that's going up for everybody. And it's a much bigger uh, chunk out of your income um, if you're on a low one. So I think attention being paid to the fuel allowance is really important. But also we need a longer term strategy about how people can pay to keep themselves warm in this country. Okay, That's been an issue for many years. There, well, I was just going to say, there, there, there are circumstances that people have been living with for many years uh, and uh, it puts an awful strain on people and indeed uh, on relationships and I imagine that to some part at least uh, is... Uh, uh, puts uh, people in a situation where relationships break down and you have these separations. Uh, but you also believe uh, that uh, COVID and uh, the lockdowns uh, added to all of that. Yeah, what we saw in, in COVID and the early lockdowns was a massive demand in our services. Very stressed, anxious parents. People who had, I suppose, agreements in place with the other parent of their child around whether it was child maintenance, whether it was access and contact visits, sharing parenting, a lot of that just fell to pieces during COVID and the courts were not open and available to deal with all of those issues they were really prioritising emergency things so there's a bit of a backlog there so what we found was people were turning to organisations like ourselves for help in figuring out how to cope with some of those things and what we're seeing and every country has seen is that people who have cooped up together it became, things became really difficult, there was more domestic abuse, there was more uh, stress as we've said um, and we absolutely can see that more people are going to separate and are coming out of relationships and into an Ireland where there aren't enough places to live, where, you know, after separation, everyone has less money. Things are really difficult. And so what we're saying to government is, can we get ahead of this a bit? And can we make sure that there are local services available to people around the country, like parenting, counselling, mediation, to help people separate well? So that everything is not going to get decided through adversarial court because that's you know very few people win in those situations. Mm. So we're saying look, this to, se- is to separate well up to a point. Uh, uh, to separate well up to a, a point, uh, I, I gather. I take it that there's no ideal separation. That there is, uh, there's always problems and complications. Well, there's very few people can mm. do. I mean, what's a perfect separation? Yeah. What's a perfect mm. relationship? But mm. I suppose from our point of view in one family, what we're saying is if parents are able to keep their focus on children and to think about the long term you know that's really helpful but you know a separation 
is is a bereavement process. It's it's very difficult for people. There's a lot of, of problems where are people going to live, where are the children going to live, how's everything going to get paid for, you know, how do we figure out how much maintenance should be paid, you know, where did the children stay at different times. It's very stressful and it's in the context then of an emotional bereavement process. Mm. So there's a lot expected of people and in this country we haven't yet really gotten to grips with the fact that people separate and divorce. So we don't have the kind of support systems that other countries have. So we need to get that sorted so that people can have the the, the structure and the, the guides and, and you know, the, 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 the assistance to separate well, keep focused on their children. But obviously then if there's been domestic violence or abuse in the relationship, that's a whole mm. different dynamic and there needs to be a different set of supports in those instances. Okay, well. and I suppose the good part of this story is that you're there to help uh, and uh, perhaps it's good that there's been this increase in demand that people are seeking out that help but uh, on the other hand uh, that increase in the demand has led to long waiting times for some people Yeah there are, I mean we have a national helpline and people can get in touch with us um, at any time on that, we have a lot of good information on our website we now because of the pandemic our counselling is being delivered by phone and online over the last year and a half our parenting course are on Zoom so we're much more accessible because we're based in Dublin so it's great that people from all over the country can now um, avail of our services um, but it has meant as you say we now have incredibly long waiting lists for counselling for mediation so some of our services are really backed up and some of our services aren't suitable for online delivery and we really need local organisations supported to be able to deliver those specialist services to families in local areas. So we need that to happen as well. Mm. And I take it if you're going through a separation, uh, you don't really have the time in a lot of cases to wait. No, because, you know, you're, you're when people separate, I mean, obviously some people know they're going to separate. Maybe mm. the relationship has been difficult for a while and then maybe it's a decision they make together. For other people, one party might decide to separate and it's quite out of the blue and it can be a real shock so there are different types of separation, but what tends to happen is a lot of decisions have to get made quite quickly that are practical or financial or to do with children. And people are in an emotional whirlwind and they're grieving. So it's very difficult. So the earlier people can get help to have a bit of space for themselves to think, to maybe come to some agreements themselves, to be supported, to work out a parenting plan or maintenance, you know, that works for their family. That's better than going into an adversarial costly court system where it is it is really not ideal. I mean, sometimes people do have to go to court and that's very appropriate, but sometimes people can come to their own agreements and solutions outside of court, but they need, um, you know, experts to help them with that, whether that's mediators or, you know, parenting coaches or counsellors, whatever it might be. Hmm. So that's what we're saying. Let's support people. Let's get those services out into local communities and let's help those people separate well who are coming out of the pandemic in difficulty. Okay, well, people can reach you on onefamily.ie and uh, that uh, helpline you mentioned is 0818 0818662212. Karen, thank you indeed for joining us as always on the programme this morning. Karen Kiernan is uh, the Chief Executive Officer of One Family. Now, thanks to David, who's in Blackrock, who's been on the phone to us. Uh, and David says, we're not hearing too much talk today about the property tax and the 
the financial pressure that that's putting on homeowners. He's a pensioner who lives alone and his property tax has gone up and is costing him an extra 3.46 a week, so an extra fiver in the budget won't mean much to David. He says he, he knows five people of a similar age to himself who also live alone, who are in the same situation, and he points out that it is not likely that they will be getting any extra from their property, any extra revenue from their property as it is their home and it costs them to try and maintain it with the rise in fuel costs. People are going to be down at the end of the day. Thanks, uh, David, uh, for that. Uh, Paddy in touch as well, saying there was a time when he was interested in the budget, but not anymore because it's the same old and what they give with one hand they take away with the other hand. I suppose I'm just getting old, cynical and cranky, Paddy says. <laughs> I don't know, Paddy, but he says, I might get a few extra euro with one measure, but you can bet your bottom dollar I'll lose it somewhere else. Thanks indeed, Paddy, for taking the time to call us today. Michael Reed on LMFM. It's the big set piece in the political counter. It's a, a big day, budget day, and a busy day at that. Adam Higgins is political reporter with the Irish Sun. He's on the line with us now. Good morning to you, Adam. I'm sure you had a, an early start and you'll have a, a late finish, as will many today. Uh, and what's happening at, at the moment? I, I take it that the government are, are signing off on uh, the measures that will be formally uh, announced and what has been one of the most leaked budgets uh, that I can remember, but the formal announcement will be at one o'clock. That's right. The formal announcement will be at one o'clock. Ministers uh, Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath are this morning finalising a few details, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, before they bring the, the budget into the doll and announce the measures that we will spend our money on next year. And after that, then, there'll be a series of press conferences with the different ministers uh, discussing what they'll spend uh, the, their allocation of the budget on. And that'll happen throughout the day today. All right. Uh, why has so much of this year's budget been leaked, do you think, Adam? I think this is something that comes up every year. And I think it's it's partly down to maybe um, specific because of the nature of this government is a coalition so maybe there's some parties wanting to beat other parties to the punch and that sort of thing but I also think that in this day and age um, with uh, the media online as much as it is at the moment it's it's probably more beneficial that you get a run a lead in time for, for your measures if they do want to come out so the, I think it's kind of tactical around the government that they want to get as much bang for the book out of the budget as opposed to throwing it all out there on budget day and some things getting lost in the fray. Okay, from what you know, uh, from um, uh, what you're hearing at this stage, the leaks in terms of what's about to be uh, announced, uh, how do you think it'll be received? I think uh, it'll be kind of broadly welcomed from uh, the public perspective in, in what I can see. I mean, the five euro across the board seems to be something that will uh, we, we haven't had in a couple of years, of course, since about 20, 2019, since the social welfare and pension payments were touched. And then also that change in the income tax plans will, I think, help some people. And I've, I've been told, look, it could be worth, you know, depending on how much you earn, it could be worth five to eight euro a week uh, or, or whatever it is, a month then after you're paid by the month on your income charges. So I think that sort of thing is good, but I think some what I what I'd imagine the opposition parties will target today is last week the government were released the, the white paper on the, the state finances, which kind of showed that the government were expecting to spend twenty billion euro more than they brought in in revenue in this year, but 
that that white paper shows that we're actually probably going to end up about spending about 13 billion more. Mm. So the 7 billion there that kind of the government could have used to, to bolster the budget, but I, they, and they, they haven't. So they've instead said that they wanted to draw down that deficit as quickly as possible and try to balance the books, which is, of course, financially prudent. And it's something you'd expect from... Um, Pascal Donoghue as finance minister but I think the opposition parties might target that today and say well look at the situation in housing look at the situation in our hospitals and, and the cost of living rising you could have done more with the pension you could have done more with the hospital funds and you could have done more for housing to get mm. that situation corrected as soon as possible so I think that's something that the government might point to today or the opposition might point to today and say this government could have done more with the budget Okay and what about the carbon taxes uh, because uh, this is going to put a, a significant strain on a lot of people. It is, yeah. So that's something that's kind of written into the budget every year now, a €7.50 per tonne increase on the carbon tax. Now, how that hits you at the at the petrol pump uh, is about one thirty onto your tank of petrol and one fifty around onto your tank of diesel. Mm. Now, the government has tried to um, put money back in people's, people's pockets to... to you know, kind of change that or to, to counteract it. So you'll see the, the pensions rise by a fiver, the social welfare payments across the board go up by a fiver, mm. and then obviously the income tax bans. And then when it comes to the energy situation as well, we know, and I'm sure everybody has seen over the past few months that the the energy companies are increasing their prices in the run-up to winter, which will, of course, increase your bills. And the government are increasing the fuel allowance by five euro in order to, to tackle that. And they've also kind of widen the band on that so more people are, are, can avail of that fuel allowance mm. and that's one thing uh, but uh, if uh, your carbon tax is applied to those increases in the cost of energy and you're only getting a 5 euro increase uh, but uh, the cost of energy is up by 10 euro you're going to be down 5 euro in the deal you will be, and of course, and and I think that's something that will come up today. In that, because we've seen a lot of backbenchers in 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 government parties uh, uh, themselves saying they wanted to see the pension go up by ten euro. They wanted to see people get ahead of this cost of living, and. Um, Putting five euro into people's pockets doesn't really do that. Now the government will argue that mm. uh, it's it's part of a, a range of measures. That five euro pension, of course, the living alone allowance will go up. The fuel allowance will go up. So, I mean, mm. if you're a pensioner living on their own, who's in the fuel allowance, you're probably going to get about thirteen euro a week on this in this budget, which isn't to be sniffed at. Yeah, and in the same vein, if uh, you're on forty thousand euro, the cost, the additional cost of energy, uh, may be offset because of tax cuts. Uh, but if you're on thirty thousand. Uh, you'll be paying 500 euro extra this year for energy. Mm. Yeah, it's a difficult one to balance mm. for the government and, and I'm sure it's one that the, the ministers will be questioned on today. Okay, well, it'll be a busy day and there's no doubt about that and uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, debate on all of these measures. Are you expecting any surprises? The one thing I think that uh, has had been flagged recently uh, that it was a budget measure was this idea of a pandemic bonus for frontline workers and the idea that we might get a bank holiday. Now, that was very much flagged that this is something that's come in the budget. And then in the past few weeks, that dropped away and the Taoiseach and the Tarnished and a couple of ministers had said, no, no, that's not going to be part of the budget. That's going to be further down the line. That's going to be a separate thing. And I wonder, will they kind of twist their, uh, and stick or twist on that one? Will they push it out for another few weeks to try and 
and get the controversy away or will they announce a new bank holiday today as part of the budget in order to get that little bounce Okay. Want to watch alright okay. I'm sure we'll all be watching that one uh, thanks indeed Adam as always for joining us on the programme this morning Adam Higgins political reporter with the Irish Sun now Margaret in Drogheda was in touch with us uh, she was listening to Senator Erin McGree on the programme we were talking about free contraception for young women and uh, Margaret uh, says if you're aged 26 or 27 or older you're going to have to pay for contraception what about married couples who need contraception because they might have a few children already. Surely they should be entitled to free contraception. In my opinion, 17 is too young to be making contraception available to girls free of charge. I think the country has gone mad, says Margaret. Thanks, Margaret, uh, for that. Uh, I think the proposal, we'll hear the uh, breakdown of it later, but it, it would seem to be 17 to 25. Kevin in touch with us about free contraception as well. He says he was listening to that piece and he's 100% in favour of women getting support for sanitary products, but if a girl doesn't want to get pregnant, then don't have sex. I'm against free contraception, says Kevin. Thanks indeed uh, for that, uh, Kevin. Another call to us. Uh, from Pat uh, about the budget again uh, in relation uh, to Father Sean Healy's interview earlier in the programme. Pat is calling us from Dunlear, by the way. He says, Sean Healy needs a magic wand. He says, I'm a pensioner living with my wife and we'll be receiving an increase of €5 each, which is an extra €520 a year that we wouldn't have had before this. There's a good few pensioners working as well, so we should appreciate what we get from the state. Pat feels sorry for young workers in this country, people who are on low pay, especially with the price of fuel rising and many people having to drive to work again. He says, what increases are they getting? Good question, Pat. All will be answered later in the day. Uh, But thanks uh, for asking your question here. Uh, Now to some of uh, the text messages coming to us uh, this morning. Uh, Somebody in touch asking if there's any increase in the living alone allowance. Uh, That's uh, Jerry in Clongill. Wilkinstown. I think so, uh, Jerry. I think that'll be uh, the three euro. So there'll be the five euro increase in uh, the pension, uh, the five euro increase increase in the fuel allowance, and uh, the three euro increase in the living alone allowance. That's according to the leaks. Uh, all of this. Uh, can't be confirmed until the ministers take to their feet later on. Uh, but if that's correct, as it has been leaked by government sources to the media. You're talking about an increase of €13 Euro, uh, for a pensioner who's entitled to a living alone allowance and the fuel allowance. All combined, it would come up to €13, Euro, five, five and three. Uh, Claire is in County Meath and Claire says, I'm a carer for my uncle who's in his 90s and I'm not entitled to the fuel allowance because I'm a carer. How is that fair? Uh, another good question, Claire. Thank you indeed. Uh, somebody else uh, saying, how um, is it uh, that landlords uh, can charge what they want, it seems? Uh, it seems uh, that they work it out based on your gross income. Uh, and I can't understand uh, how this is allowed. Uh, another text uh, that comes uh, to us uh, from Deirdre who says uh, that the price increases coming down the line in terms of energy is a nightmare and uh, hard to think uh, how we'll be able to afford all of this. Well, 
uh, we'll be living through it I'm sure Deirdre and I'm sure we'll be talking through it uh, as we go through the coming weeks and months and thank you as always uh, for taking the time to send a comment to us and sending a text to us on the programme today Michael Reed on LMFM. Now let's uh, hear what older people are expecting and hoping for. Anne Dempsey, communications manager with uh, Third Age, which runs uh, the senior line based in Summerhill, is on the line. Good morning to you, Anne. Thanks for joining us again on the programme this morning. I suppose the budget has all but been leaked at this stage. Uh, What do you make of what you're hearing? Yeah, well, it's like on the one hand and on the other hand, isn't it? Isn't it? It seems to be that way. Everybody, our chorus, it, it hasn't been coming up hugely, Chris. It will be more, to, uh, Michael, mm. it will be more today, I suspect. Um, I mean, all the good stuff we know, the 5%, 5 euro on uh, pension, 5 euro on fuel. We'll talk more about fuel because that's a mm. big issue on the line, a big, big issue. Mm. Um, the, fee, the increase in the fuel allowance will give people almost uh, a 1,000 a, a year, which is very, very good, you know? Mm. Um, and then also more people can um, will qualify in, in terms of the means testing situation, uh, so more can claim. Then the living alone allowance, €22 Euro a week, which is kind of decent as well. It all adds up very positively, I think, there's no doubt about that. Mm. And the Christmas bonus and house grants, and that's all good news. Yeah. And the carers allowance. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a, I think we would need to draw a line under that and say the but. Yeah. And the but is what, well, people are being grateful for the good. And in terms of the but, what we're he- hearing from our callers, Michael, is huge, um, like not, not just money, but kind of dreading in, in a wider way the, uh, the hour going back and longer, colder, more extensive nights mm-hmm. and the corresponding link with fuel costs and all of that, you know? Yeah, well, uh, energy is uh, very expensive. It's getting more expensive. It's going to get more expensive and uh, the taxes uh, through carbon taxes uh, that will be added in the budget will add to all of that and they're expecting... Add that everything, yeah, the, 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 the fill of oil, the mm. petrol, the diesel bag of coal, the briquettes, it's down to I mean, they're the piece, things that our callers would talk about more, the bag of coal and the bag of briquettes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's yeah. down to that weekly expenditure, you know? Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, and mm-hmm. you're talking about 90 cent on a, a bag of coal, 20 cent on a, a bale of briquettes, right. that sort of thing, yeah. That's it. It's not to be seized at, and you're talking about an increase generally uh, of between 400 and 800 euro a, a year uh, and if you need to come That's up it. with 500 euro, uh, you need an extra tenner a week, don't you? That's it. And I mean, I'll just age action, as you know, the advocacy organisation, they do great work in all of this in a wider way. And they're making the point that when you build in inflation costs, they reckon the pension has reduced in re- real terms by 10 euro a week in mm. spending power since 2019. So that, that give, brings us right back to the future, right where we were. Yeah. Okay, no so, so if you're not no. if you're not entitled to the fuel allowance and uh, you're not entitled to yeah. the living uh, alone allowance, uh, you'll be up five euro, but you were down ten euro, so that means you're exactly. still down five euro, and then you're going to be down ten euro uh, yeah. with uh, the cost of energy. So overall, you're down fifteen euro. So we're running to not stand still. It's true, very mm. very true. And you know the other thing are called well, they're talking about the heating costs. Mm. They're talking about um, 
car insurance. Mm. We're talking about home maintenance and cost of medicines. And I've just been looking at the whole home maintenance area for older people, Michael. And I mean, it's not, um, it, it's very obvious really, but there's no cushion when things break down. And you don't have a lot of expertise sometimes, particularly for a woman living alone. I know I'm being sexist here, but mm. I think I'm telling the truth. Yeah. You Sometimes it's very difficult to find somebody. It's very difficult to assess that they're going to be okay for you. So, you know, there's, there's a worry. And as I say, there's no cushion. Everything needs to be going right. And things don't always go right, as we know, you know? Mm, yeah. It's a real issue. Oh, I thought you were going to give us a solution. It's just an issue. <laughs> Nobody can get anybody these days. You can't. Well, that's yeah, the point. Yeah, but yeah, we yeah, would be yeah. thinking again, thinking of our cohort. We'd mm. be thinking, be careful who you do get, yeah. and ask around, and if you can find out their trade association and get somebody reputable. Because sadly, people will want to take advantage of older people on their own. You know, mm. it is happening. We know so well how it's happening. Mm. So we will be giving information and advice about that. You know, oh, very good, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll probably give uh, your number now and then repeat it. Uh, a little bit uh, later on um, if uh, that's okay one eight hundred eighty forty five ninety one. 45 91 if uh, people uh, do wish to speak to you uh, and those lines open from 10 to 10 that's 10am 10 yeah. to 10pm there's a call we got this morning from Anne mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, she's a pensioner and Anne is sick listening to government ministers frightening us she says about the large increases uh, to expect it in uh, the price of energy and then crowing on, she says, about the increase of just five euro that they're going to give us after three years. We all have to pay our bills and we worked very hard to put this country on its feet. And Anne says, it annoys me when I listen to ministers and think about what they're getting paid. Their huge wages and expenses, plus their large pensions. They don't understand what we're facing into and she doesn't think that the taxpayer should accept it. Uh, would that be typical of a, a call that you'd get, Anne? Really, Anna's a good woman, a good feisty woman, and she's you know she's speaking for very very many. Okay, our, our callers are angry a lot of the time, but there but there isn't as much anger towards the government as one might expect. A lot of our callers, you can imagine, like as all politics is local, all problems are personal. Mm. So a lot of our callers, Michael, are phoning us about their own stuff, as you know, with all the things you and I talk about over the years. Um, and again, I suppose two things we've just begun to dwell, to dwell on is the whole issue of not alone about, you know, you say you can't get anyone in terms of trade supply. You can't get any information about how to get anyone. The whole is, is issue of access is becoming huge on the line. And, it, you know, can't talk to people on the phone, can't find out, you know, you know if, if something does break down, can't find, get onto a utility company getting onto the phone company and it all it doesn't quite seem to be nothing through the budget but it all adds up to a feeling of kind of aloneness mm. and hopelessness and nobody cares you know what I mean and it adds to a feeling of you know chill I think and cold yeah. and you know it's not nice yeah you know that's not nice yeah. no, no it's, it's not it's nice the, the other thing is just again looking into the winter people are a bit worried about flu I heard an extremely mm. good expression about COVID and what it's done. Mm. And somebody said, COVID has hit the fast forward button on ageing. That COVID has hit the fast forward button on ageing. Really? And our callers would reflect that, Michael. In what and way? Again, hmm? In what way? Well, in terms of older people, 
you know, beginning, I know I'm going back to last March, beginning to be told to go home, beginning to be segregated out from the rest of the community or old people didn't mm. think they were particularly different. Yeah. And then they were at home and then a lot of them stayed at home. I mean, mm. we are still amazed at the number of people, old people, who haven't gone out really, who haven't resumed their own lives mm. to the same extent that the rest of us have. <laughs> Staying at home. And what has that that's done to their confidence and depression. Knocked them for six, no doubt, yeah. Yeah, you mm. know, mm. and again, I mean, I suppose budget stuff on top of that, that the cost of is going to rise and I can't mm. afford the little bits and pieces. You know, it's all, it's a, it's all of a piece really about yeah. that no fun being older sometimes, you mm. know. Uh, and then uh, we're seeing an increase in uh, the number of COVID cases, the number of people in hospital, the number of people in ICU. Yeah. We're told that the fa- yeah. vast majority of them in ICU uh, uh, have not been vaccinated or are only partially vaccinated. You're talking about 70% or so, but that leaves 30%. Uh, and a, a lot of the 30% are older people uh, or people who have underlying problems or, or both. And that yeah. doesn't do anything to instill confidence, does it? It doesn't engender confidence mm. at all, no. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of the things we would be saying to our callers, they sometimes get on and they, they listen to the 6 o'clock news, they listen to the mm. 9 o'clock news and so mm. and so and this. And we say, look, don't be listening to the news all day, those mm. figures. They don't do us any good, don't you mean? Mm-hmm. So there's sometimes no way of really, uh, you know, interrogating them. I think to the extent, if we can live safely and get on with their lives mm. and forget about what we don't need to worry about too much. I don't mean to be blase here, mm. but mm. to be absolutely ear to the radio all day is not good for your mental health, I would say. Yeah, uh, and uh, as the... Uh, thing comes to uh, an end the lockdowns and that and we start to open society uh, there's a chance that more uh, of uh, the virus uh, will be about and more people will be getting it and all that but there's also uh, these other things you mentioned the flu and there's a, they're expecting yeah. more cases of flu this year uh, but yeah. surely that won't be too much of a, a, an issue for older people I gather all, all or if not most uh, will be getting the vaccine and getting the, um, getting the booster as well mm. No, yeah, it's 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 one of these. It's just when you're feeling low and vulnerable, just fears arise, and when you're on your own, and you know these things magnify. I think it's just so. That's one of the reasons that we love for people to get on. And say, look, I'm worried about this, and we can talk about it, and like they feel comforted at the end. And okay, yeah, I'm probably a bit over exactly. You know, do you know what I mean? they feel heard, mm. and it's very very good. Yeah, okay. somebody cares. Will people be rubbing pennies together? Uh, will people be finding it difficult to heat their homes uh, if we're looking at uh, these increases uh, in um, the cost of energy or uh, will 90 cents uh, in the carbon tax on a bag of coal really make much difference to people? I think it will. I think if you're you know, living on a fixed income, you have very little room to manoeuvre. Inflation has reduced your spending power. You know, p- pennies do count. Well, it's not the ninety cent. I think it's the com- combination of the ninety cent and the pri- the increase in the price. Yeah, and the price of butter and the price mm, of milk, and yeah. it's, it's the mm. cumulative piece, isn't mm. it? Yeah. yeah. Will people accept the tax on top of uh, the cost of coal or briquettes or whatever it is? Have Have they an option? Well, <laughs> I mean, you get the government you vote for. That's true. It's true, and and uh, uh, I mean, I think. You know, as we know, older people are very faithful voters and very steady voters. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, when's the next election, Michael? So it's ages away, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, 
yeah. And then we forget. We're only uh, we're only eighteen months into this government. Oh, we are, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah no, I think the mm. government feels they're onto a steady wicket with older people, and that they can count on them in very many ways. And your Anne, your 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 Nicene Dickon caller. I don't know how representative she is. Mm, okay, mm. Uh, but the five euro for a pensioner or the thirteen euro for a, a pensioner who gets the fuel allowance and the living yeah. alone allowance. Uh, that's, uh, I suppose, what people will take away from uh, the announcements when they're made today. And uh, will. maybe people will feel better about that. What does it mean for me? And yeah. they'll take away their own. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah. And over the coming months, they'll be looking at the cost of petrol, the cost of coal or whatever it is they use to heat their house or cost yeah. of cigarettes yeah. if anybody still smokes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Anne. Drive you to drink if you could afford it, yeah. If you could afford it. Well, I think there won't be a much increase, if any at all, uh, on drink today from the sounds of things. But, uh, of course, you're there uh, with uh, advice for people, a listening ear for that matter, a chance to talk uh, with somebody in in and around your own age, if older people are listening to us today. Uh, that line is open until 10 o'clock this evening, one 800 That's the senior line, one 800 And thanks very much indeed uh, for joining Thank us you, on Mike. the programme this morning. Thank you indeed. Let me give you some more of uh, the comments that have been coming uh, to us uh, today. Davy says, what's the point in Pascal Donoghue making a speech in the Dáil this afternoon when all of the details have already been leaked? Surely... We know about everything at this stage. We've been hearing details for weeks. So listening to the TDs waffle on in the doll this afternoon seems a bit pointless. It does, but I think many of us will be watching it in case there's something we don't know, Davy, and if there's any surprises for that matter. Uh, Sally in touch with us too today, and thanks uh, for your call to the programme as well for that matter, Sally. Sally says, it's always those who are working hard and on low wages who are ignored in the budget. The single parents, the elderly, people with disabilities, uh, and uh, it's uh, those who are not looked after, uh, as they should uh, be. Uh, They're not looked after as they should be. Uh, She says it's very frustrating to see those out in the workforce who are... Oh, I beg your pardon, Sally's saying something altogether different. She's saying that single parents, the elderly and people with disabilities are looked after, but working people who are on low wages are not looked after. And it's very frustrating to see those who are in the workforce who are struggling to get by being passed over every year. When will the government look after this group in the budget? Thanks indeed, Sally. Um, There is... uh, some truth in that in terms of what we know uh, from what's about to be announced uh, this afternoon. It seems that there'll be very little in the way of uh, uh, announcements for working people on low pay. Uh, there will be increases in welfare and so on, as we've been hearing throughout the morning. Uh, but thank you indeed, uh, Sally, uh, for your call to the programme uh, and indeed for making that point with us today. Michael Reed on LMFM. Time now, as is usual, around this time on a Tuesday for our weekly visit to the Garda Crime Desk. As usual, there's a number of incidents uh, which Garda are investigating locally, and perhaps you can assist with those investigations. Garda Olga Bacon of Trim Garda Station joins us for this week's report, and we're going to begin in Laytown, where Garda are hoping to get some information about a bicycle that's been stolen. Yes, good morning, Michael. Julie Gardy are investigating the theft of a mountain bike that was taken from a garden shed near Mosney in Julianstown on Friday the 1st of October and Monday the 4th of October. It's a grey Carrera Valor men's bike with an 18-inch frame. 
the bike also has front and back mud guards, which is going to make it that little bit more distinctive. If anyone spots the bike in the area, sees it for sale, or can help in any way, can you contact Ashburn Gardy on zero one eight zero one zero six zero zero? Okay, and I imagine the owner would very much like to have it uh, returned. Uh, an expensive bicycle, I'm sure, at that. Uh, we stay in Laytown, uh, where Gardy are looking for information on a fire. Yes, yeah, so on Wednesday the 6th of October, Gardy from Laytown Garda Station attended a fire in the Dunacarney Great area at around 8.45am. This is where they found a Dossan semi-long reach digger, which was burnt out. This, uh, the vehicle was left in a field situated behind Dunemer Estate in Bessiestown and it was left there between quarter to four on Tuesday the 5th and 8.45 on the morning of Wednesday the 6th of October. If anyone can help us identify those suspected to be involved in the burning of the digger or you have any information that can help with this investigation, you're asked to contact Gardaí on 018010600 or indeed the Garda Confidential Line on 1800 one. Okay. Uh, theft in Old Castle to report on next. Yes, Gardaí at Tells Garda Station are investigating the theft of two power washers from a farmyard in Ballymacad in Oldcastle. This happened between quarter past five on Tuesday the 7th of October and six o'clock in the morning on Friday the 8th of October. One of these power washers was a Hawk PTO-driven power washer and this had Max Flow printed on the frame. The second was a Hawk electric power washer. If you saw anything unusual in the area, if you're offered these items to purchase or you see the washers for sale at an auction or online, we're asking you to contact Kells Garda Station on 046-928-0820. Okay. Uh, again, expensive items, and I'm sure the rightful owners would be very glad to have them returned. Uh, we're going to Drogheda now, where Garda are investigating uh, a burglary that occurred at Riverbank. Yeah, so this was Thursday of last week, the 7th of October, and it happened between 5.30pm and 8.30pm, where a house was broken into in the Riverbank estate. A number of items of jewellery were taken. And we're just asking if you were in the area and noticed anything suspicious to contact Gardaí at Drogheda Garda Station on 041-9874-200. Some criminal damage in Black Rock to report on next. Yes, Gardaí at Black Rock Garda Station are looking for your assistance. On Saturday the 9th of October, sometime after 9pm, Gardaí believe fireworks were let off in the Beach Park Estate in Black Rock County Loud. A container and guttering were badly damaged. If you saw anyone in the area on Saturday night after 9 o'clock with fireworks, you're asked to contact Gardaí at Black Rock Garda Station on 042-9322-194. Okay, gosh. I, I take it there's a, a word of warning uh, in uh, that story as well, given the time of year. And, uh, we Absolutely. Just, we just remind people uh, that the confidential line is open to them as well if they have information on any of uh, those crimes or something else that the Gardaí may be interested in on one eight hundred treble six treble one. I know that you wanted to talk about Cybersecurity Month this month. It's an issue uh, that is unfortunately of concern to all of us uh, and has seen many of us uh, fall victim to scams. Absolutely, Michael. And October is the European Cybersecurity Month. And Gardaí are encouraging the public and the business community to be prepared for a cyber attack by just following these simple steps. Have a separate and up-to-date backup of all your data should you be attacked. 
regularly update systems and software, but only from official sources. Never open attachments or links from unknown sources. Don't mix data from your work and your personal activity online. And just never to share personal or sensitive information online. Very good. Uh, we heard uh, recently too about the chatting bench, as it's called in Ashburn. How's that been going? It's been going very well. And Garda James Goland and Garda Colleen Donahue were at the Arkell Statue Memorial Bench in Ashburn at around noon last Friday, where they were manning this new initiative in the Ashburn district. And it's just to give members of the public an opportunity to talk informally with members of the Garda. If you see them while you're out, just feel free to stop, and it could be for a chat. Or it could be to discuss an issue of that's concerning you. Um, but it's just getting us back out there in the community and being available to the public. Yeah, it's very interesting. And uh, what's said could be all the more interesting. Have people been sitting down speaking to the Gardaí, yeah? They have. Um, it is amazing when you're out there. People are willing to come over. And a lot of the time it's just to say hello and have a quick chat. But that's exactly what we're there for. Okay, uh, you're there as well uh, for students in Longwood. Uh, tell us uh, what's happening there. Yes, this is a new initiative that's after being set up by Garda Adele Dugdale. So she's joining students in Closter Clavin in Longwood Secondary every Monday. She's going to be available to discuss a number of topics with classes, student councils, individuals and teachers. And she'll also be covering, you know, things like personal safety and security, online security, advice on drugs use or any other topics that may arise or concern anyone. And again, this initiative is hoping to build stronger relationships between the students out in Longwood and the Gardaí. Very good. And uh, before you leave, is another Garda initiative uh, that's uh, taking place in Trim for men in the locality? This is it. This is definitely one for the men. So Trim Garda Station, we're supporting and assisting a new initiative called The Walk and Talk. And this is hopefully to encourage men to open up and talk about their mental health without judgment in a safe environment. The walks are kicking off on Tuesdays at 7.30pm from the car park in French's Lane in Trim. So just beside the courthouse and in the castle car park there. It's a weekly walk for men of all ages just to simply get together and share whatever they want in a non-judgmental way. Okay. Well, that's there for people if uh, people uh, wish to avail of it. And thank you indeed for joining us, uh, uh, Garda Olga Bacon of Trim Garda Station. We'll return to the Garda Crime Desk in around the same time on next Tuesday's programme. Now, before we leave you today, some more of the calls and comments. Uh, Margaret says uh, a five euro rise for pensioners and social welfare recipients. When? Next year? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I think it's from January, uh, which uh, people might be uh, happy to hear, uh, given that uh, previously uh, they were pushed out to March. But I, I think the increases will be from January. Uh, the fuel allowance will be from midnight tonight, as will the increase in uh, petrol and diesel and so on, and cigarettes, no doubt. Uh, 50 cent to go on uh, the packet of cigarettes. Uh, she says, was it a €5,000 rise for our TDs earlier this year on top of uh, their huge salaries? You have uh, €260 Euro for the majority versus 5 k for the minority. <laughs> you don't need to be a genius to work out. There is absolutely no comparison in the two rises, Margaret says. Thank you indeed, Margaret. Uh, Kevin was in touch with us earlier on saying he didn't believe that contraception should be ava- made available to young women. 
Uh, Margaret uh, in touch with us saying, Kevin, mind your own business, would you? <laughs> Thanks uh, for saying that, Margaret. Uh, I think uh, you're saying what a lot of us were thinking. Uh, yeah. So that's the message to you from Margaret, it has to be said. Kevin, mind your own business. Uh, somebody else uh, wondering how much on a cylinder of gas. Uh, can't tell you the precise detail of that at uh, the moment. Uh, but uh, another caller in touch uh, saying uh, that they're happy to see uh, that there's going to be this uh, discount on uh, the cost of uh, public transport for young people. Uh, and that's going to be a significant uh, announcement today with a 50% reduction on uh, the cost of public transport for people who are aged 19 to 23 or if uh, they're students. We'll hear all at one o'clock today. Uh, after all of uh, the leaks, uh, we'll be hoping that there'll be some pleasant surprise in what the ministers have to say when they announce Budget 22 and we'll be back tomorrow morning of course with all of the details, uh, the debate and the discussion for that matter and I hope you'll be able to join us then at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning, bye-bye. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.